Christmas on the Planet Rygate podcast. This is the Planet Rygate podcast and our second special episode over the Christmas New Year period. I'm backstage at the Beauty and the Beast pantomime in Red Hills Memorial Park. Now, I'm recording this before the pantomime actually gets underway, so it's in fact the very last day of November. In last week's programme, you heard me talk about the lead-up to putting the pantomime on stage, and we heard from the Head of Leisure at the Council, the Leader of the Council, and also a pantomime expert, and people describing the the big top here, because obviously it's all quite unusual. Someone else that I want to speak to in this week's episode is Jarvis, who's uh, one of the main tech guys that's been putting this all on. You're laughing now, Jarvis, but I bet there were occasions over the last seven weeks where you were almost pulling your hair out. Just a little bit, every so often. So normally you would be in the Harlequin yeah, building, yeah? we would normally be in the Harlequin, which has actually got four walls and a proper roof. Um, <laughs> and, and lots and, of power. Yeah. <laughs> this year has been really an interesting project. It's certainly uh, given us some new challenges, especially on the power front, where we went through so many different scenarios of how to do it. I've given up this year on working out statistics on power, where normally, just for a bit of a laugh, I give statistics to our uh, comms team and the staff of what we've used, especially in how much cable we used. This year I've slightly changed that, where we haven't gone for length, I've gone for weight, <laughs> where I ended up ordering three and a half tonnes of cable. Good heavens. Uh, yeah, there is still more to go in. Well, as people have said to me in the past, it's going to look good on your CV, isn't it? Oh, definitely. It's been a real big eye-opener for me because I've never pulled off a project from a technical point of view of this magnitude. So talk me through, when someone sent you that email or asked you to pop (laughs) round for a catch-up meeting, we've all heard those phrases before at work, and you were presented with the idea, what was your initial thought? Was it, oh my goodness, um, I'm going to resign now? Or, Or was it, right, okay, bring it on. It was more of a case of bring it on. I like a challenge. It's had its ups and downs, but the challenges have all been pretty much overcome. The biggest challenge this year was uh, not only was the power, but it was also the rigging side. We've had to completely change everything. Uh, so talk me through that, because so, so you, you, you turned up a few weeks ago and there was the big top which had been put up, obviously by an external company, yeah. and they'd, what did they put in and then what did you have to do on, on top of that? The only thing that the tent guys put in was uh, they left us with a seating unit, a stage and four tent poles and that was literally what they gave us Um, so we had to put in all the infrastructure so the rigging side we had to erect all the poles to the tent legs that was a fun game myself and my colleague Ben ended up having to climb the towers which was rather fun but not so fun when it got cold because the uh, the metal work just... uh, it well, just sticks to your hands, doesn't it? It yeah. stuck to our hands, and um, it was a monumental effort, but we managed to get it in, and everything works. And then presumably you're keeping on thinking, hold on, we, we hadn't remembered that bit, because you've obviously got the heating and the lighting and the sound rigs and things like that, but there must be some other things that, hold on, oh gosh, yes, yeah, of, of course we need that too. Most of it we've actually thought of, because myself and Ben, who's one of the senior technicians here, we've been having regular conversations about what we need, and we've actually pretty much got everything on site. So There hasn't been anyone you can go to, because... 
no one's done this before. Not from within the team, no. We've been out to a lot of companies and suppliers that have worked in the events industry. And one of my good mates of mine, Toby, from Yes Events, has been absolutely invaluable on this project. He's been giving us information, advising us, and yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic. And without him, we would have been struggling. What was the biggest thing that you overcame? It was definitely power without any problem. So what have you done? We can hear, I don't know whether that's picking up on, on, on the mic, but we, I can hear the, the hum of a generator just outside. Uh, is that your main source of power? No, because... so the hum that you can hear isn't actually a generator, okay. so we're actually taking power directly from the national grid system. All of our lanterns are LED, so they're not drawing as quite as much power as we first thought. It's been quite a fun challenge. And presumably being the council, doing something for the council, there, there wasn't quite as much red tape as there might have been normally. A few little hurdles, but they were overcome. Yeah. My, the thanks go, definitely goes out to my team. Without them, it would have not be possible, really. So it's the last day of November. It opens in uh, just over a week's time, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. What is there left to do? Uh, the lighting plot. So that's uh, we sit down with the company, we plot all the lighting. Uh, that's on Monday, and then so it's the tech and so dress. Yeah, so, so that's where the lights have to be at certain parts of the, yeah. of, of the show and on whom and... Yeah, so that's all happening next week. We're on target to finish all of the install this week. So by this time tomorrow, it'll all be ready, ready for Monday and then opening day on Friday. Excellent. Okay, and I'm hoping that you and your family get free tickets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they will certainly be coming at some point. I just don't know when. And presumably you'll be sitting in the audience going, yeah, well, that, that light could be slightly different. <laughs> next time I'd move that rig slightly to the left. Or... Yeah, well, I won't be sitting in the auditorium. <laughs> I'll be sitting in the control booth to the left-hand side of the seating unit. We've labelled the uh, tech position HMS Tech. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you won't sink. I'm sure you will sail valiantly on. Would you do it again? I mean, we hope that the actual theatre is going to be open this time next year. But if it's not and they come back to you and say, you know what you did last year, can you do it again this year? What will you say? Definitely. We've pulled it off once. Why not do it again? There's been a lot of learning curves. We've learned a lot. There's definitely things I would do differently. Bring on the challenge. Brilliant. Well, a great attitude. Happy Christmas. Yeah. Thanks very much Thank indeed. Thank you very much. Well, some of the uh, the cast have arrived now, so let's uh, walk across the front of the stage. And uh, Phil is here, who plays uh, Philippe Philop, and is uh, you're all, all dressed, dressed up, which is fantastic for radio, for audio, yeah. for podcasts. <laughs> yes. It looks amazing. But we are well into rehearsals of Beauty and the Beast for this year's Big Top Panto in Red Hill. And t- describe the inside of the Big Top for us. Is this the first time you've been in here with all the seats here and everything? Yeah, this is the first time I've been in, and I'll put my neck on the line here and say that, like a lot of people in Red Hill, that I was, to say the least, sceptical. So, you know, yeah, like, how's, how's it going to work? work? Yeah. How's it going to work? I, I can honestly tell you now, as I've walked through the door, it is absolutely incredible. Like with what the team have done at the Harlequin and with the council and all coming together, and in the short space of time that we've got, it's incredible to see. Because you, you, you know, obviously you hear big top and you think circus. You think everything's going to be in the middle. Everyone's going to be around the outside. Mm. Whereas what they've done and proper seats and proper yeah, kind of wood on the floor over the I mean, grass. It's not again, muddy or anything. It's no, not cold. And, and is no, it? it's not cold. It's not muddy. It's incredible, as I say. Insulated. You know, warm. 
amazing to see it. Let's not miss out on Panto this year for Red Hill and let's give the people one of the most unique Pantos that they're going to have. And I think what's really incredible about this year's Panto, in years gone, it's always the cast that get recognised. This year, what I love about it and what I love about the feeling is it's not just the cast, it's everyone involved. There's going to be a few people at them, don't know if I want to go and see it, but they'll come and then they'll be a part of it. They'll go, actually, it was amazing. And it just proves to you that anything is possible with the hard work, the dedication and the love for it. This is my fifth year in Panto and it fills me with pride to say that this is everyone's Panto. It's going to be quite an experience, isn't it, for people to come here? Yeah, 100%. It's not a theatre, but it's got that theatre feel. Now, you've performed in Red Hill before, haven't you, actually, in the Harlequin. What's a Red Hill Reigate audience like? Incredible. I love them. Last year, I was Buttons in Cinderella and following the legend... Mr Neil Wheatley it was very daunting because he's been here for many many years I had to kind of put that aside to come in and then do Cinderella last year which is probably the biggest panto story wise it's one of the most loved ones and I just I just fell in love I fell in love with everything I fell in love with the people I fell in love with the theatre the theatre's amazing tell me about the uh, about the rehearsals because we're recording this on the last day of November how have the rehearsals gone when did they start they've been going really well we're rehearsing over in the Towngate offices they've been going really well and as I say we've been putting it all together with the routines and mm. the script getting the story across as well because as we know we're like where we're not in the theatre we can't get as much I say scenery or you know what yeah, you can't drop things in and move yeah. things in as easily can you now? so we've had to work around that in regards of bringing it all through and having what we can in the space that we've got to the maximum effect and again it's it's going to be an incredible show I tell you what I think they wanted you're wanted on stage let's let's walk yeah. onto the stage as we just finish this so, so we don't hold up other people as well so what's your final message then Phil to people that may be thinking to themselves oh it's not going to be the same should I come should I not I didn't think it was going to be what it is but now um, we're obviously here in the big top and we are now currently on the stage you will not be disappointed I guarantee you that it's going to be quite an experience for you isn't it is it something new for you yeah something new for everyone as a cast we've all spoken not one of us have done a panto in a big top before like this and yeah it is going to be something very very special so make sure that you do get your tickets because you will not be disappointed that's great, thank you. I know we're going to be speaking to the dame in a few minutes' time, but I think the TV cameras want a uh, recording of you doing part of the show. So I'm going to come and speak to you in a few moments' time. It's my pleasure. Okay? Yes, absolutely fine. All right, yeah, I shall see you in a few moments. But actually, I'm going to go back to the seats, back to the auditorium, and uh, see part of the show that they're putting together. One of the little scenes for the TV cameras who've come here as well. Why the TV cameras? It's because it is unique, because this is believed to be the first time we've had a pandemic in a big top anywhere in the UK. It's certainly the only one this year in England and so various uh, local and national TV companies want to film a bit and maybe by the time you hear this you will have seen it on your TV. This is Peter Stewart with the Planet Rygate podcast. Hello everyone, my name is Dame Sherry Trifle this year and I'm here preparing some food with my son Philippe for Belle's birthday. Well, wherever we cook, I can't eat very much, I'm afraid. I am on the Dolly Parton diet. My friend Joe told me about it. Does it work? Well, it may, Jolie. Jolie, Jolie, Jolie. Doesn't get any better, doesn't it? We're here between the 8th and the 31st of December, but come along, it's going to be lots of fun in the big top. 
So you heard Phil there, and also another person that you heard was Simon Dame Cherry Trifle, who uh, I'm now just trying to uh, catch up with this because he's left the stage and uh, Simon is here with me now. Hello. Hello. So this is looks fantastic, Thank your you, outfit. Sir. Thank you very Describe much. Describe what it is you're wearing. Probably. So it's my, like, tricolore, really. It's a very French-coloured... Um, because it's a French it's a, uh, it's a fairy tale, isn't it? It's a French fairy tale. Yeah. It absolutely is. Yeah, this is my opening costume that I'm wearing today. It has a kind of French flair to it, which she does, actually. Madame Cherry Trifle is... Um, she's a lot of fun, You'll have a lot of fun with her this year, and she has lots of things to do, and she's... Yeah, it's a nice role, and the costumes are coming together well. I heard you a little bit earlier on when you came in to the big top. You haven't been in here <laughs> no, before it's today. it's time. It's what do you make time. of it? I'm absolutely blown away. Genuinely. I can't believe... Because it's been a roller coaster. Let's, let's be honest. And at the point where you were thinking, oh, my goodness, we're not going to be able to do the pantomime. You may must have thought at some stage that you didn't have a job this year. Oh, Completely. And for me, it was almost like the double whammy because I was doing my one-man show, as was Phil, actually, during the run-up to Christmas. Um, we were booked in, like, October time. And this all happened with the rack and with the, and with, and with the concrete. And then, initially, shows were cancelled for a week while they did, you know, some pre-checking. And then my show was the second week. Mine was cancelled. So you think, oh my, obviously, there's all of that sort of loss there. And then you think, oh my goodness, what's going to happen with pantomime? So then the theatre was closed till the 20th of October and we were told that we would know by then what was what was happening. So, you know, your head is spinning, thinking, oh my goodness, am I going to lose panto and all of that kind of thing. And then by about the 17th, the team, who I'm in awe of, I mean, I mean, we, have, we have an amazing team. They're like family to me because I've worked with them for so long and I love them all dearly. But they've gone over and above this year. And to create this, it's, yeah, it's quite emotional, actually. I feel quite humbled by everyone's hard work. It's incredible. And I said earlier on, it looks bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. They've made a fantastic use of the space and yeah. more seats to come in here as well. There is. It's like a TARDIS. You're absolutely correct. It's like I'm coming in here. It's a theatre space. It's not, obviously it's a big top, but the seating, the raked seating, the warmth, I think people are going to have an amazing experience. It's not, it's not going to be what they expect. They're going to have all the comforts of the theatre in a big top. What are the challenges for you? Because as far as the stagecraft goes, you can't change the scenes as often. Yes. Uh, the wings at the moment we can still see. I don't know whether there's going to be a curtain in front of them. So no. there are going to be some challenges. Presumably your dressing area yes. is well behind. It's in a separate tent outside, it isn't is. it? So look, looking at the plans, I haven't been back there yet, but on the plans I've seen... Should we go? Yeah, let's go. Shall, shall we let's go? go? Let's just... Yeah, for the first time for me too. And so we're going down this sort of like walkway tunnel. So we've got steps here on, onto the stage, which is great. But there are two big tents at the back of the main auditorium tent, which we're going into now, which is, oh my goodness, it's enormous. So yeah, this, this is our area, which is incredible. It's huge. This so is like a, a, a kind of a huge marquee that you might find at a kind of conference centre, yeah, isn't it? This is it huge. Is. It's like, it is something <laughs> like an exhibition centre yeah, or something. Absolutely. It's massive, but like we've got this kind of green room, because obviously in the theatre we've got our green room where we can sit on sofas and everything. We've got all of that here and there'll be dressing spaces. This is going to work a treat. And this there are gazebos in Inside or tents within this tent. This, this, this tent. Yeah. So presumably these are going to be like the dressing areas yes. for different cast members. Obviously, you've got the main cast, but also you've got the chorus and so on. And just peeping inside here, right. uh, yeah, this is so where the makeup, I guess, is going to be done. It's going to be the makeup, and also yeah. bearing in mind that we've got we've got juveniles as well, so yeah. they have to have their areas. But it's so well done because, like you say, everything is cordoned off brilliantly. I'm I'm very impressed. And you're going to have great. a kind of well green and room, as you say, a bit of uh, and a, a yeah. 
refreshment teas and coffees and yes, stuff to keep you going. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And quick change area, I guess that's going to be there. Yes, it's, it's, it's impressive. I'm really impressed. And, and really as far impressed. as the actual staging goes, what kind of issues are you going to have to work around for well, that? Well, like you absolutely said, the biggest thing this year is that we won't have cloths flying in, we won't have curtains, uh, gauzes, that kind of Yeah, so you can't thing. bring a curtain down to play no. something in front of it while you change a scene behind. No. So basically the audience, it will be an immersive experience. that The audience will see everything. But what's clever is... The stage crew are going to be costumed, so the, the stage crew will alter bits of scenery, etc. around. The thing that's hit me today coming in was I was initially told that the staging was going to be, like scenically, was going to be more minimal. I know that the team went back and uh, PHA, our producers, gave a lot of thought to making it a proper scenic experience, and it is. I mean, walking in today, we've got... We've got a full set, we've got everything there, and it will just be cleverly turned out. So the turrets and things will all move and turn, so it'll be like you are in the town, you know, in the castle, and it, it, it's it's going to work a treat. I, I, I'm so excited. So the scene shifters are almost part of the pantomime itself, is that what you're saying? That's, that um, they're not coming in on in no, black or anything like that's that? Andrew, that's Andrew... Andrew Linford, our brilliant director, who makes amazing magic. I mean, he, people saw Cinderella last year. It, it, that certainly is one of the best Cinderellas I've done. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. And he's been thinking about this long and hard. And it's a great idea that basically the scenic movers will be costumed and they will literally come on and move. So they, they won't stand out. You won't think, oh, there's, you know, um, the crew in there you know, with their headphones and their black T-shirts and, and black trousers. It's going to be literally like they are villagers etc and moving things around and also members of the cast and dancers move tables and props and things like that around as well so it'll be very slick that doesn't matter too much does it in a pantomime because you 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 break that wall anyway don't you and people kind of understand what goes on and and, and, and so so you're breaking the fourth wall which you don't ordinarily do the other thing as well, as well, I think people are going to be blown away by the fact that they spent a lot of money on this. This isn't just something that... It isn't something that people have just thought, oh, you know, we'll just shove it in a tent and, and hope things happen. Obviously, there's a lot of thought anyway on a pantomime. I mean, for me as Dame, and, and coming back, this is my 10th year, so every year it's important to me that she looks right, the costumes are right. It is like a year-long process. So all of that was ready, but then you just think how much of that am I actually going to be able to utilise? Am I going to have to make some allowances and some changes because of scenic requirements or, you know, what we can actually do up there? But coming in today... I have, I have no worries. I'm actually really excited. Yeah, it's something completely yeah. new. And proper floors. You're not walking on grass. No, and, and proper toilets and seats. Let's move toilets. back into the yeah, main top because it. it's a bit warmer. It has to be said out there. They haven't got the heating so. no. around the back here because no one is essentially here no. at the moment. Simon, tell me about how a Rygate Red Hill audience is going to react to this pantomime this year. Well, I think that there's a lot of excitement already. I mean, there's a general buzz around Red Hill and Rygate at the moment because it's new and I know that all the children are really excited because it's a circus experience you know the whole big top thing as well and friends I've spoken to as well there's no negativity around it so everyone's like oh my goodness how amazing is that because we've got this very unique one-off pantomime
So I, I reckon that people who may have said to themselves, oh, I've been to the Harlequin for Pantos for the last five years, I don't need to go again, yeah. actually may be encouraged to come oh, because I, it's I would come. a new experience. It's a new experience, and I think people are going to be blown away. I mean, now we're going on to the station. You can see as we're walking through, you've got, here's the library, Bell, you know, the Beast Library. It is enormous, and these enormous great turrets. I mean, this set is gigantuan. It's absolutely massive. And, of course, you've got another problem, haven't you? Because, of course... The staging is towards one end of a big top, and imagine a big top, it's got sloping roofs. You're yeah. not in the highest part of the big top, because obviously that's the middle. That's right. So you've, you've got a, a sloping roof yeah. to deal with As well. for, for, for the lighting and for the stage yeah. sets. In this configuration, it almost helps, because a theatre, if you think of an auditorium in a theatre, invariably it all focuses on the stage, is mm. what I mean. Mm. So in, in some theatres it does naturally yeah. slope yeah. and have that incline going down to the stage. So I think it works it, and also sound-wise, I mean, if it's contained here, then everything will go out and up and fill that big space. So I think they've got it just right. I think they've got it bang on. Obviously, we're standing on stage now. These turrets are absolutely enormous, and these turn. So you can see, like, just inside, inside this one turret we're on here on, on, on the right-hand side of the stage, within it there are elements that will flip out, so oh, we can see the library. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, the famous scene with Bell and... and and the beast, all the library and the library books, and there's this huge, great library scene that comes as this rotates around, and, and, and this all, will all move down, and so it's it's going to be quite immersive. It's going to be um, very exciting. The designers had to be very creative, even more very, so than a traditional yeah. theatre. And I appreciate every stage is is slightly different in size and shape and so on, totally. but this is different again. It's, it's it? completely different again because obviously the Harlequin, you know your dimensions, you know what you've got, your heights, etc., and your widths. Whereas here, it, yeah, you're right, it, it's, uh, it's filling a space and it looks great. And performing on stage, as you say, you've been at the Harlequin for so many years, you know uh, almost innately how many steps from here to there and where someone is going to be coming on oh, from. Absolutely. But here is going to be slightly different. It's very different. That is, that's a, re- a really good point. Also, obviously, I've done 10 years, this is my 10th year at the Harlequin this year. I've done 40 pantos. So that's absolutely correct what you say. Like, for instance, for me, it's from the wing to the centre of the stage. Because a lot of the time, as demo, obviously, you're working centre. Mm. So it's a shorter walk in some theatres to others. Like, if you're on Manchester Palace stage or Sunderland Empire, it's quite a lot of walks, mm. you know, mm. steps to get to the centre. And centre. that's all timing for jokes oh, yeah. and for music and 100%. dances and everything, isn't 100%. it? A hundred percent. And also for you, because you, you obviously have to hit the centre, hit your mark mm. and deliver. You know, you can't be making the journey and half-talking because it weakens the entrance. So, yeah, it's all that geography, which is new, but it, it keeps you on your toes. It's actually, actually quite exciting. Yeah, absolutely. What does it mean for Panto, for the town, for the Harlequin itself, financially as well as oh, it's theatrically? It's huge. Panto, for many, many theatres, is the money-making show of the year. There's a lot of revenue there, and I'm just glad for the theatre that they've not lost that. I equally appreciate um, the huge role that... You know, the powers that be, the council, etc., have made, and, I, and I'm so grateful to them to actually stage it. And I, I know that there, there have been obviously extra expenditure for them. Something like this just doesn't happen overnight. It, you know, it comes with a, a cost and um, a workload. But it, um, it's very important to the community, community spirit. Pantomime is unique because it's it's the time of the year where everyone comes together for the pantomime. Mum, dad. Nan, granddad, you know, aunts and uncles, you know, whatever the configuration is. During the year, people who like theatre will go and see shows, but this is where everyone goes, and it's part of the Christmas tradition.
And also perhaps the first time, it's a cliche, but it's nonetheless true, the first time that a lot of kids will experience live theatre. 100%. It was for me. That's where my love of theatre came from, was from seeing pantomime. And the audience participation as well. 100%. 100%. I guess there might even be a little part of you that says... I wouldn't mind if we're here again next year in 2024. Oh, no. I'm committed. I'm totally committed. I'm I'm, I'm totally committed to Red Hill and the Panto because I I love it here. I love the people. I love the audiences. And that's why in all the years I've done Panto, I've never done a residency. I've gone back to theatres, but maybe four years down the line or whatever. But to come back, and now I know people. I've seen people every year. People come and, and see the show, come see me. I love it because also in an area like this which is very rich in pantomime, everybody has their choice of which box obviously they put their money over and it makes me really happy that people want to come back and they get to know you and they get to know what the pantomime is. So that's, um, it's a really important part of my year. So do you have your, your specific fans that come back just to see you and the team that you have worked with before? They, oh, they yes. are welcoming you back specifically. Totally. And I've got people who people who've, who've been following me for a long, long time as well. So bearing in mind there are people who now come to Red Hill that maybe saw me in Manchester years ago or other, other venues or Croydon. I did lots of shows in Croydon. So actually when the Fairfields was closed a few years yeah. ago, when we had advertised on buses, people saw the buses in the Croydon area and said, oh my God, we'll go and see Cy in, um, in Red Hill. So we did get that you know, that influx of people coming over, which I love, you know, I love that because, you know, I don't take it for granted because, like I say, it is people's choice and I love it. I love to hear from people and, you know, see people and know that they've had a good time. That's, it just means the world to me. It's a tough job, isn't it, doing panto? I did panto. I was a celebrity once upon a time. I know it might be hard to believe and I was with um, Pippa and Michael from Home and Away at the Assembly Rooms in Tunbridge Wells. Oh my goodness, I've done Tunbridge Wells. (laughs) How amazing is that? Yes. And it, it, it is quite tough. I only had a small part, insert panto gag there. But it's still it's still it's an experience it's hard work it's two or three shows a day isn't it for several weeks it's a lot of concentration physically it's quite demanding too as well as vocally it really is and and that's the thing for me it's 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 like a workout because i find that you know in a show i can change anything from you know eight ten twelve costumes whatever you know the subject is so it basically is a case of being show fit it is it is demanding for everyone and, and, and those two and three show days and sometimes you get to the middle of your three show day and think which show am I in you, know, you must remember that when you kind of go oh my god well. yeah it's very rewarding when you walk down the end and everyone's had a good time and they're all cheering and clapping along it's, it's great that's, that's, that's the payoff isn't it so that is Simon and everybody else that I've been speaking to on these couple of special editions of the Planet Rygate podcast. Our thanks to all of them. It's been really interesting to see behind the scenes for this year's rather unique edition of uh, Beauty and the Beast. Not in the Harlequin, but kind of produced by the guys at the Harlequin. But in fact, as I say, at the Memorial Park in Red Hill. Hope you've had a chance to see it. And if not, there's still a few days for you to be able to book tickets. I hope you've had a great Christmas. And I hope you have a fantastic 2024. And keep listening to the Planet Rygate podcast. I'm Peter Stewart.